On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Kansas has another one for the class of 2024 in football. Harry Stewart becomes one of their two best recruiting prospects coming in for the class. We talk about him, what it means for the running back group, and again, continuing to build an unbelievable class for KU on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Derek Johnson, you can hear me as well. Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well, like and subscribe to the show. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're talking Harry Stewart, the latest commitment for the class of 2024. We just had an episode yesterday talking about the three commitments KU got from over the weekend. They add another one in tow. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be more that join them eventually down the road, too. Uh, it seems like, you know, the commitments are flying left and right for KU these days. Uh, so looking forward to that and what it means for the running back position with the second best recruit now in the class of 2024 per the 24-7 sports rankings and the class of 2024 overall. First episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So KU gets a hold of Harry Stewart, a class of 2024 running back. He becomes the fourth commit in tow just over the past few days from that mega visit that KU had over the weekend. We talked about the three on yesterday's episode. Check it out if you missed it. And now Stewart becomes the most recent. Yesterday, you had a, a corner come in and Alexander, who uh, became the top recruit for the class by the 24-7 composite for the rankings. Stewart becomes the second best recruit in the class now for the rankings, which has already become a very successful class for KU. He is a five foot ten. 205-pound running back from Centennial High School in Frisco, Texas. He is the number 35 running back on the 24-7 sports rankings. When you put it together with the composite rankings, he is number 45. He is also the 575th recruit nationally. That makes him, as I mentioned, KU's second-highest-ranked commit, only behind Austin Alexander. I always talk about top 1,000 recruits are a big deal for KU. Usually, you might only land three, four, five, you know, uh, top 1,000 recruits in a class, at, at least over the past, you know, 15 years in, in KU's time. Uh, but you're reeling him in, and this kid, obviously top 600, an even bigger deal. He had offers from a lot of good schools uh, at the Power 5 level. Baylor, obviously most notably among them, competing with them in the Big 12, coming into their own state and getting him away from there. Boston College, Cal, BYU, now a Big 12 school among many others. Here was the uh, scouting report from Gabe Brooks, who did it for 24-7 sports. Typically hits the hole with purpose and makes good use of his size. Um, he also mentioned that he hasn't officially measured, but that he does look all of, you know, the 5'10", 205 pounds. Regularly breaks arm tackles and shows above average contact balance. Fairly light on his feet and displays enough wiggle to make the first defender miss in space. That's a lot of the time how running backs are going to be judged. Are you going to make the first defender miss, right? Sometimes you can only block so many guys. Or sometimes you do block it perfectly, but if you can't make the first guy miss, it might be a five-yard gain, which, you know, still is going to be beneficial. But that one 
missed tackle could change it to a 10 yard gain to a first down to maybe even a touchdown. Right. So that's a big, big uh, factor for all good running back staff. Also has flashed second level creativity to elude multiple defenders to extend big plays can be dangerous as a one cut runner with good north south juice. And I think that's important because when you look at a lot of what this system, when you are using the wide zone and I know KU hasn't always done that here in the first couple of years, because maybe it just hasn't been as successful to start off from what they were doing at Buffalo. They adjust to the talent they have. You're doing the speed option, stuff like that last year. But if you are going to use some of those wide zone concepts, even for just a few plays a game, or if you are going to staple down on that in the future, being a, a north south runner who's a good one cut runner that's so important because basically you have to follow the hole find the hole to the outside and then make that one cut based on a read that the running back is getting into the defense so you have to have a good one cut running ability and you know who is a good one cut running back devin neal right I, I think um sometimes the one cut runners maybe they don't get as much flash as the guys who are like juking everybody out or as much flash as the guys who are running people over but it's just as viable of an option because just having good vision knowing when to make good cuts and being able to burst through after that cut makes you really successful again look at Devin Neal that's a lot of how you would describe his game so uh, that's obviously a good thing there for for Gabe Brooks uh, he's also in this scattering report capable pass catcher strong verified speed in multi-sport capacity a sub 11 second 100 yard dash a sub 22 second 200 yard dash uh, he has a track and field background, so he's got track and field speed at Texas, which or in the state of Texas, which is uh, a place that you have to be very fast to do well in, in track and, and in football. And he has done well in both those areas. Uh, this is the last little blurb from Gabe Brooks. I'm just kind of picking and choosing from some of the stuff that he said there. Uh, Tracy back who possesses coveted size slash speed verified speed combination. Among the top backs in Texas high school football's 2024 class with development upside derived from size and speed combo projects as a power five prospect who could become a multi-year starter with a ceiling beyond the college game. You are getting a fast, athletic, strong, high potential running back here that goes into a system that loves to use their running backs. And when they have good ones, have opportunities, whether it was at Buffalo or now here with Kansas with your Devin Neals of the world, have an opportunity to make a big impact and put up big production and have award types of seasons. And that's really exciting. And obviously, you know, you really build things in the trenches and you need the good quarterbacks, but you got to have the good skill players too, especially if you want to play the speed option game. And we always hear, you know, the, the importance of having multiple backs in KU system. Andy Kotelnicki in year one talked about the pair in the spare idea that you want to have a good pair of running backs and a spare behind them. So you're constantly looking to keep that running back room loaded and boy, Boy, is it pretty loaded right now, and it looks like it's going to be pretty loaded for the foreseeable future with the addition of Harry Stewart, in addition to what you already have, Johnny Thompson coming in this year, uh, the guys that are currently on the roster that could have multiple years left. You already had a, a running back recruit in Red Martell, who is one of your top high school recruits for this upcoming class. I mean, you could have a really exciting running back room like you already kind of have over the past few years, but you'll continue that kind of lineage down the road right, i want to talk more about that running back room what this means for 2024 what it means for the future beyond that what it means for the recruiting class at that position first though this episode of locked on jayhawks is brought to you by bird dogs bird dogs make you look good they're they're that dress short type of feel or, or at least the look on the outside where you can go out to the movies you can go on a date you can go hang out with friends at you know kind of a bar restaurant late at night uh, and they fit slimmer during the summer. They look good. They look fresh. They look sharp. 
and you're also going to be having it perfectly right now during the summer when it's hot out. So you're not going to be wanting to wear, you know, jeans that are going to make you all sweaty and gross. No, uh, the shorts keep you cool. They look good and, you know, they, they fit super well. They've got kind of a, a, a tight morphing fit to them while being loose. It's, it's a weird oxymoron, but you feel comfortable while feeling all together at the same point in time. They're made of a stiff, restricting cotton and, you know, they, they have this anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. It's like you're you're wearing the best pair of gym shorts you've ever had, but you're getting that style and look from those nice dress pants or, or dress shorts that uh, you might have as well. And you're not compromising on the feel of it. So um, get yourself some bird dogs today. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right. Uh, on to the running back position. Thoughts now with the addition of Harry Stewart to the group. Stewart obviously becomes a really talented back, but you've got some other really talented backs in there too. Red Martell committed to the program. Johnny Thompson just came in and is joining the team for this upcoming year as a true freshman. You have current guys like Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw that are, you know, really explosive and, and talented. Savion Morrison, former four-star recruit who uh, you saw some flashes from last year. Can he have a bigger role this year, right? Like you have a lot of promise in that room. Dylan McDuffie, you add in as, as a guy who's had real college production. There's a lot of talent in that running back room and in the future of the running back room. Obviously, with the class of 2024, having Red Martell under commitment and now having um, this kid under commitment with Harry Stewart, you probably feel like they're going to be done recruiting the running back position for the class of 2024. Um, now, what does this mean for Red Martell? Will Red Martell view this as like, oh, you're bringing in another running back. Uh, I'm going to decommit now. Or does it maybe insinuate at all that KU isn't totally certain that Red Martell was going to end up signing on the dotted line for KU? Those are both possibilities. But also, like going back to the Andy Kotelnicki parent of spare comment, KU plays multiple running backs. There were when, when Daniel Highshaw was healthy last year and he was having a really good start to the year. Like you think back to the West Virginia game in Morgantown. Uh, both Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw each had 10 carries, and they both had good production, right? So realistically, you're going to be playing more multiple running backs, um, meaning that it's not that big of a deal if you bring in two in the same class. Like, both are probably still going to get playing time if uh, they work, work out to be good enough to deserve that playing time, right? So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But yeah, maybe it does mean something more. At the very least, I, I would expect that KU wouldn't want more than two running backs in a recruiting class. Now, come 2024, when both Martell and Stewart would be freshmen at KU, you would be looking at a running back group that uh, Dylan McDuffie would be gone after this year. So that's one of your top, you know, four or five running backs, whatever you want to say. Because I, I think with D Neil, Highshaw, McDuffie, Morrison, um, Lachlan, those are probably your five running backs in, in some order. Maybe you want to throw Johnny Thompson. So those are, you know, your top six in, in whatever order you want to go with. So McDuffie going to be gone. He'll graduate at the end of the year. Devin Neal will have a decision to make. If Devin Neal has another productive season, another good year, he's going to have a decision to make whether he goes pro or not. And, you know, even for running backs, like a lot of times they'll just go pro because they, they do have such a limited tread on their tire for 
the length of their career that they're going to be able to have at, at the professional level just because that position lasts a little less. So it wouldn't be shocking if Devin Neal went pro at the end of the year based on what he's already produced if he does it again this year as a junior and you know KU takes another step forward and he gets that notoriety and limelight with him. Uh, but he could be back or he could be gone. Who knows? Uh, Savion Morrison and Tory Lachlan, I believe, are both redshirt juniors this year. That would mean both would be redshirt seniors come 2024. Daniel Highshaw is a redshirt sophomore due to redshirt in a COVID year. He still has two years left, so come 2024, uh, he would still be like a junior technically at that point. And then you have Johnny Thompson, who would either be a sophomore or a redshirt freshman at that point in time. So come 2024, when you add both Martell and Stewart, you'd still have a pretty loaded running back room. Again, McDuffie would graduate, and that would leave possibly some opening for a bit of playing time, a bit of carries. But overall, you could still potentially have a senior Devin Neal, senior Savion Morrison, Tory Lachlan, junior Daniel Highshaw, second year of Johnny Thompson, to where it's going to be tough to get that playing time maybe right away. But if Devin Neal does leave early and goes pro, then you have a, a competition for the starting running back. At that point, you think with another year in between, Daniel Highshaw's the guy, but you never know how he's going to respond to this latest injury, right? Like, uh, you never know how guys are going to come off of stuff like that, let alone like a dislocated hip. Like that's not an injury that we have a huge track record of of guys for. Like you, usually it's more like knee injury type stuff. So you don't know how that's all going to work. But I think the real year that you're looking at all this making a big impact on KU is 2025 and beyond. So once you get to 2025, you're talking about Devin Neal's gone at that point. Savion Morrison, Dylan McDuffie, Tory Lachlan, all gone. So that's four of your, your current top six. Daniel Highshaw at that point could be back for what would be his like sixth year of college at running back. If he has a good enough year in the next couple of years, maybe he goes pro because he sees the tread on the tire thing. And, you know, he's already had some of the injuries that he's had to deal with. But maybe you have Highshaw back as a starter come 2025. Beyond that, though, the depth would be open. You would have Johnny Thompson with multiple years left. You would have year two of Martell and or Stewart at that point. So you'd have those four guys competing for really your top two, top three spots, or maybe even your starting spot. And if Highshaw is done with football by that point, then it is the three guys. And then once you get to 2026, you're looking at Thompson, Martell, and Stewart as your top three running backs in some order based on who beats out the other one in those different battles throughout the offseason. Um, so you are looking at somebody who... Right. There is a very clear path to like when you would get playing time, when you would potentially be a starter moving forward. But it's nice that you have. I mean, as we're going through here, you get to 2026, then you can get to 2027 and be like, well, that could still be, you know, another year with one of these recruits in the recruiting class you're talking about that you feel like your blueprint, your plan for the running back position is pretty well covered all the way from this year all the way for three, four, five years down the road. And that is very exciting to cover that up at a position that, you know, gets a lot of publicity, gets a lot of notoriety, and you have a lot of talent there, and you, you seem to continue that trend moving forward. All right, I want to finish up here with Locked on Jayhawks with what means overall for the class of 2024, because we, we talked a little bit about this on yesterday's episode, that it is just brimming with talent, that there is a surplus of talent from what we're used to seeing in Lawrence coming in with one of these KU football recruiting classes. And I want to dig even more into that as KU now has another commit, uh, another really good one with Harry Stewart. Uh, this is Locked on Jayhawks. Um, we'll come back later this week and uh, as I've been talking about, there, there's some plans to do some deep dives on some possible KU basketball transfer targets. I don't know if they're done or not. We'll, we'll eventually get to maybe some of those players that are still out there and kind of deep dive into their game and, and what they can bring. But 
KU football just keeps bringing in recruits. So uh, totally cool talking about that, too. And that is the case today. Harry Stewart, class of 2024 running back, commits to the program. He becomes the ninth commit to join the recruiting class for KU in 2024. Again, the fourth from just this past weekend. So Lance Leipold just absolutely cleaning up there. He met with the media um, the other day and, and talked about how you know, they, they just are, tr they try to be as honest as possible with these players. They tell them about the shortcomings, things that, you know, they're still trying to improve on, whether uh, it's certain facility stuff or whatever. They tell them the honest thing about, you know, what your playing time is going to be. You're coming in to compete. Like you're not going to be given anything. They're honest with them. They're forthright. They're truthful with it. And I think that helps in a lot of these recruiting battles um, that you're not getting like a phony message that's coming in. You can honestly see it and you have a consistent message with all your coaches that comes from you know, having a good leader, a good CEO in Lance Leipold, that also comes from having continuity as a coaching staff with Kansas, which Kansas has. Uh, but he is the ninth commit. Last year, I think Kansas brought in 14 high school commits. Um, I believe only 13 of them ended up making it to campus technically. Like Jacoby Davis, I think is gray shirting. So Davis will join Kansas eventually, but it'll be after uh, this upcoming semester. I think Jamil Croft is yet to arrive, but Leipold said that the plan is for him to arrive at some point shortly here. So I don't know what the holdup is there, but yeah, that would give you 13 of the 14. Nonetheless, Kansas is not going to be at a point where they're bringing in 20, 25 man recruiting classes anymore because of the transfer portal, right? They're going to bring in 12, 13, 14, 15, 17, somewhere in that range, high school kids. And then they're going to, they're going to supplant the rest of the roster with the transfer portal because that is such a viable, good option at this stage of the way that college football and college athletics has kind of gone and they've gotten good player to further cement building the roster that way. Um, so they are getting closer to being done than you might think with nine commits. Like it's not like they're only a third of the way there. That means that let's say they only had last year's the 14 commits. They only got five to go. So they can be a little selective. They can be a little picky, which I think is probably good at this point in time. And, and you're more so going for the guys. Like if, if you have a couple guys who want to commit at a position, you can maybe then at that point be like, okay, this is the one we really want though. Um, that can be a good thing. Uh, it's also funny because when you look at how good this recruiting class is and how many, you know, top 1000 recruits or whatever, it matches up with like any past Kansas recruiting class. And that's with them only having nine players. And that's with them only probably getting to a 15 man class. Whereas you look at past years where Kansas has brought in five, six, seven top 1000 commits, and they might have a 25 man class. So the quant, the quality of player, even if you're not bringing as much quantity, the quality of player has been unbelievable for this class upcoming of 2024. Stewart gives Kansas their seventh top 1000 commit for the class of 2024. That is the most that Kansas has had since 2014, which was a class led by Daniel Wise. It is the most 12 of them in a two year span because they had five last year, now seven for or five in the class of 2023, seven now for the class of 2024 in over a decade and it goes further back than that but there's only so much data that you can find on that stuff um and now too you look at it and if you go back there there's this uh cool little tab you can go to on 24 7 sports that shows the the top rated recruits and it's not by their ranking that year it's not by like you were 200th you were 300th it's by your grade so it's like you'll notice on the composite they might be like an 86.08 or a 91.12 right and so it's based on that. And it shows all the top recruits, all the top commits that Kansas has gotten in the 24-7 sports, you know, recruiting era, which goes, I don't know, 2000. I, I think there's database on stuff to like 99, but I think with the rankings themselves, it only goes back to like the mid-2000s. And uh, if you get rid of the JUCO players, if you just look at the players who were high school commits, 
nine of the top 50 KU football high school recruits over the last three classes. So the class of 2022, the class of 2023, which are going to be your incoming freshmen, and the class of 2024, which are your next year's freshmen, nine of the top 50 have been in the last three classes. You have Alexander, who just committed to you the other day. He's eighth. Stewart, who just committed, you know, here. He's 18th. Jaden Ham, Calvin Clements, two of your local in-state kids who committed late in this past year's class. They're 20th and 25th. Brian Dilworth, who seems to be, you know, soaring up and and you've heard good talk about him in the offseason with ways that he's improved in the secondary. He's 34th. Red Martell, who's committed for 2024. He's 44th. Isaiah Marshall, your possible quarterback of the future. He's 45th. Uh, Jamil Croft, who we just mentioned him, he should be joining here, you would think, shortly. He's 47th. Um, Jacoby Davis, who I talked about, gray shirting, he's 48th. And then Siraz Buncombe, who joined early at the semester for spring ball and will be a freshman this year, he's 49th. So you have Lance Leipold here, who is just cleaning up and recruiting. That wasn't what he was known for when coming in. It was known for development and game management and some of those other things that now you're recruiting at a really high level, maybe a higher level than we've seen KU football be able to do. And that is just unbelievable how many dividends that's going to pay off. Now, obviously, there's pressure. You have to perform well this season. If you come out and you go three and nine, how many of these kids are going to decommit? There is pressure to keep building, keep doing what you've been doing. Make another bowl game this year. Keep these kids committed. Keep them in tow. You're still going to have to fight off certain recruiting battles with other people. But this is a heck of a start for KU football, and it just keeps getting better and better by the day. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll be back uh, later this week. Uh, as I said, probably going to do a basketball deep dive. But again, if more stuff comes up like this, then we'll get to that as well. You can find us anywhere you get any of the podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well. Like the show if possible. Helps us out. Subscribe if you could, too. That's also positive on our end. And uh, we'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.